I love the Gospel of John. I love the way it starts. In the beginning was the Word. And so we're going to look today at the Word of God. Jesus himself is actually called the Word. And the, the title this morning of our talk is, Are You Desperate for a Word from God? Because I believe that God wants to give you a word this morning and he wants to put it right into the deepest part of your being to, to meet you, to encounter you wherever you are in your journey. And if your heart is open, and I trust it is, let me just take a moment of silence, just for one moment, for you just to quietly say, Lord, I open my heart to hear your word to me this morning. Just take that moment. Father, thank you that you don't disappoint when we open our hearts to you, that you're so ready to move. And so we're going to look at how uh, God wants us to know that he is the word and he is the one alone who can bring change. And he is the one who has paid the price for us. There's a, a, a word in Psalm 107 that says that God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And I believe that God wants us to know this morning that he's putting out a word that will heal you. He wants to send out his word and his word has healing power. God's word has healing power. And he wants not only to heal you, but to deliver you from destruction. And that leads me to another verse that I've been meditating on over this past weeks, And that's one from, from Psalm 103. We shared it in the prayer room earlier. How that it just simply says he redeems our life. He has paid for. He's paid the price for our lives to be free from destruction. He redeems your life from destruction. And so if there's stuff going on in your life that the enemy has come in to try and bring, to try and destroy, to try and bring destruction, to try and bring confusion, all of those negative things, if that's going on with you, you need to know that God's word is the power. He has already paid the price. That's why I chose that song this morning. Jesus paid it all. He has paid the price for you to have a life in union with him so that when bad things happen, because we're living in a world where Satan is the God of this world, Jesus said that, and, and we know that, that the world system, there's another voice that's coming, another word that's coming to you that's not from God. And, and Jesus wants you to know that he is the word and that he wants to meet with you this morning and he wants to save your life from destruction. The, the voice that comes from the world wants to destroy you. Jesus said that, that the enemy, Satan himself, wanted to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus has paid the price so that that doesn't happen to you. Now, I have a lot to get through here this morning and I want, really do want to finish about 10 past to give a little bit of time for Joyce. Because Joyce is going to talk a little bit about the power of the word in her life. And I want you to know that God's word has power and that when he speaks, things happen. And so we're going to start just, this week we're just going to talk about this one line. In the beginning was the word. Because for at the, in the Old Testament, there were 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And inside those 400 years... There was no prophetic word from God. God was silent for 400 years between the Old and the New Testament. And so John breaks the silence. And what does he break it with? He presents Jesus. What has everybody been waiting for for 400 years? No word from God. And John breaks the silence and he says, in the beginning, it's all about the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. 
where we're with God and the word was God. And so this is where we're going to start today. And John's gospel in, in chapter 20, verse 31, says that John wrote his gospel so that you might have life by believing in Christ. And so this, this gospel is all about life. It's about God's life in you. If you remember in, in John 10, verse 10, it talks about the life that, is, that, God, that Jesus said he came to bring life that was abundant. Or another translation says life to the full. And so we see that Jesus loved us so much that he, said, that he came as the word of God. And so we're gonna, I'm going to fly through your notes because I feel that there's a lot to say, but, and there's some stuff we don't need to labour it too much. But I want you to get the picture about the vastness and the bigness and the greatness and the awesomeness of God who is the Word. Because in Genesis it says, in the beginning, God. And it's, his name is Elohim, which is God, and it's plural. It's God presents in the beginning, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, it talks about how God spoke and it was done. And as he spoke in the beginning, creation came into being through the breath of his mouth. I think that's awesome that God spoke and it was done. I love, uh, I love uh, Psalm 33 where it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of him by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9 of Psalm 33 says, He spoke and it was done. He, command, he commanded and it stood fast. Do you realise that God just has to speak? And stuff comes into existence. The very world, as he breathed, as he spoke and his breath went out, the world came into existence and the heavens and the universe because he's a mighty, mighty God. And if we could realise the power of what he says, it doesn't matter what we say, but it's what he says. When he speaks, our lives can be changed, girls. We can see change. We can see God moving. When we begin to speak what he speaks, when we join his voice, things start to happen. And I am believing that this season is going to be like no other season that we've ever had in Eagles. I believe as we get a grasp of God's word, we're going to see the power of it going out. I was in Fort Aventura uh, this last few weeks. I'm, I'm not a bit ashamed to tell you. I had a good time. I had three weeks and it was a good time. But you know, every single day I went down to the beach and I started to walk in the water. And normally I just walk, you know, at the edge of the water. But I just felt, you know, I have to go out deeper. So I've been walking up to the water, up to the waist. Maybe by Christmas I've been going up to the neck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking on the waist and up to the waist. And as I'm walking through the water, I'll tell you there were shoals of fish all around me. They're swimming and there's big fish and there's wee tiny fish. And I'm going, God, would you give me, would you give me food for the eagles? For the big ones that are already well fed and all ready to go. And for the little ones that have just come to know Jesus. Would you give me bread? So one day I'm down and I'm praying like this. And I'm praying for you ladies and I'm praying for God to move. And, and all of a sudden I look, there's little bridge just where I, a particular part of the beach where I go to, there's like a... a a strip between two beaches and there's a little bridge. So this man was standing with his wife and they're standing with a big, big bag of bread. So he starts to throw the bread into the water and I was getting a bit peeved because there was that much bread floating in the water. I was thinking, you're polluting the sea, you know. And it was like big lumps of, I mean, big lumps of bread. And they were all like good stuff of the water. And so the fish obviously were having a field day. And at one point, I'm looking around and I'm counting, 
and they were all going out to sea. I counted 44 of these big lumps of bread, and they were still, he was still pouring in. So I was getting a bit agitated, and I'm thinking, I have to get out of this because I keep walking into bread. This is terrible. <laughs> so I go home, and as I went into the house at home, just God's word just hit my soul. Cast your bread upon the water, and it shall return to you in many days. And you know, I believe as we speak this year that God is going, the bread is the word of God. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And as we speak out his word here week after week, you better believe it that there's going to be stuff coming back. You better believe it that God's ready to work if you're ready to say, I'm ready to work with you. If you have an open heart and you're saying, I'm ready, God, do whatever you need to do. I want to walk with you. I want change in my life. I want to be more like you. I'll tell you something. God's ready if you are. And I believe God's really encouraged me that day to cast my bread, cast his word, the word of God upon the water. Psalm 55 and 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Void means empty. It will not return to to him empty, but it shall accomplish what I please. Listen, God's word, when when it speaks God's word, it will prosper in the thing for which God has sent it. And so we see that, that creatively, the, the word of creation brought the worlds into being. And we see that God promises that when he speaks, things happen. And we better believe it. We better get his word into our minds, into our thinking. We better start putting words into our brain. Been really taken up with, uh, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of stuff about Dr. Caroline Leaf, but I'm a bit on the top of her at the minute. I'm, I'm kind of a bit taken over by this woman. But she talks about how our brain is not the main thing, it's your mind. Your mind is different to your brain. Your mind is the soul part of you, it's who you really are. And your mind will live forever. You, when your body's in the grave, your mind will go on. Your mind, it's a part of you, it's your soul, body, mind and spirit. And your mind is the power to speak into your brain and tell your brain what to think. And if you start thinking and believing God's word, that means a renewed mind. That's what that means. That's the meaning of a renewed mind. Dr. Caroline Leaf says that the people who think of God's word, they have discovered that actually they can see the thought patterns in the brain actually produce new neurons in your brain. Do you realise that? No matter how bad things are, you you can change things. If you start to think what God says instead of what the enemy says, you can see changes in your brain, actually getting new, fresh neurons, coming up healthy ones with healthy thoughts. It's just amazing. So we see that the silent years between the Old and the New Testament was broken by the word of God. We see that at creation that God spoke, and that's how creation came into being. And then if you go through the Old Testament, we haven't much time to look at this, but if you go through the Old Testament, you'll see that God spoke to individuals. He spoke to Abraham. Well, he spoke right from the beginning, from Genesis. But you could go through every single person in the Old Testament and you see God coming to speak and have time for individuals. And so this morning, as his word goes out, there's an individual word for you if your heart's open. He wants to speak to you individually. And, and it's amazing because, uh, in, in, uh, particularly with Abraham, uh, in, in, in Genesis 15, it says the word of the Lord came. And there's a few other places where it talks about the word. The word was Jesus. The word came to individuals, changed their lives. God called uh, Abraham aside. He called him out of the known world of idols, and he brought him to know Christ as God. The, the word of the Lord. 
When God spoke to Abraham in chapter 15 of of Genesis, he said, Do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Look to the heavens and see what I'm going to do. I think that's a word for someone today. You need to know God's your shield. If there's stuff going on in your life today and you're feeling exposed and vulnerable, you need to know that God wants to be your shield. He is your shield. He wants to protect you. He wants to be your rear guard. He wants you to know who he is. I love... um, I love that that he spoke to Jeremiah as well. I'm just referring to him. Jeremiah spoke to him when he was young. And it says in verse 9, The Lord revealed himself in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Imagine the word of the Lord came to him. Shiloh is where the tabernacle was. We were there in Israel this year. We have a sense of God around that place even yet. Even all these centuries later, you still sense God when you go to that place. And and he spoke to Jeremiah in in Shiloh. And you know what he said to him? I'm going to put words in your mouth. You see, God is the word, but God can give you words and he can plant words into your mouth that you can speak. And when God gives you words and you speak them, there is power in what you speak. And we need to know that that speaking stupidly and negatively over our lives is not a good thing to do. We need to start and take up God's word and speak words of faith and words that God says and we will see a change in our lives. And so we have the the silent years broken by Jesus Christ, who was the word himself who came. Um, We have the creation word where where Jesus spoke and it was done. We have individual words. And now we're going to look at the, the prophetic word that was in the Old Testament, because God spoke through the prophets. And, he, and the word of the Lord was spoken through the prophets. And I just want to very, very quickly uh, just speak to you a little bit. I want going to read a few verses from Daniel. Because I want you to see that God's word does come to pass. And I want you to see that even though God wasn't speaking between the Old and the New Testament, that his word was being fulfilled. And I want you to see the power of God's word as it was, it was revealed. It's amazing that God spoke to Daniel and he spoke to him through... Um, He spoke to him through uh, a picture. Do you know that God still speaks in pictures? You know, I didn't know that until uh, I was well into my 40s, maybe heading up to the 50. I didn't realise that God still spoke in pictures. See, he's a God, he's a a wonderful God of creativity. And if he can't get to you through the written word, he can even give you... Do you know this? God speaks to me in dreams all the time. I had one, had one uh, night before last, as clear as anything, very word for this particular time of what's going on in my life. God's a God who's, a, the word means he's a communicator. He wants to communicate to you. He wants to speak to you. And sometimes if you're praying or something happens in your life, good example, uh, speaking, Beth speaking and sharing about what happened in her holidays. The Holy Spirit took that and gave her a picture of what God wants to do here. And half time there's things going on in your life and you know what? You don't even pay a bit of notice. You just read, well, that's an interesting wee thing there. But you don't think anything of it. And, and you know, God wants all the time. He's a communicator. He speaks the word. He wants to speak to you through things that happen. And, and so often when I share here about things that happen to me, you're going, oh, that's not lovely. But he's doing it with you too. <laughs> and we need to open our ears to listen and to see what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say to us. And so let me read this to you because, uh, as you know, the children of Israel were taken captive into Babylon. The king of Babylon was called Nebuchadnezzar. It was the greatest um, 
uh, empire that the world has probably ever seen. It was, I mean, it was such a rich, everything was gold, and it was just an amazing uh, empire. And, De and Daniel had been taken as a young man and brought to Babylon. And when he was brought to Babylon, I personally think that he was made one of the eunuchs. That's my own, it doesn't actually tell us that, but it talks about how a lot of young men were made eunuchs, and I believe that he suffered greatly. Do you understand what being a eunuch is? It's horrendous, emasculated. And if he was physically made a eunuch, he suffered. And yet God put his hand on Daniel, and he gave him a picture for the world, for the history. And listen, let me read this to you really, really quick, and I know our time is going. Here was what the, what the vision was. In your, Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. No one could interpret it, and God gave the picture to Daniel. And here's what Daniel said in verse 32 of Daniel 2. The head of the statue, it was a picture of the statue. Have you all got your wee books there? Do you see the wee statue on your notes? <coughs> It says, the head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. And as you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. And this rock struck the feet of the, of the iron and clay and smashed everything to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain. Do you hear that? The rock that knocked it down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was the dream. Here was Daniel giving the interpretation. Now then, he said, we will tell the king Nebuchadnezzar what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereign power, strength and honour. He has made you the ruler over all the inhabited world. That was the Babylonian empire. And has put even the wild animals and birds under your control. You are the head of gold. So that picture of the head was actually representing a picture to represent the Babylonian empire. Verse 39, but after your kingdom comes to, to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise up to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and toes that you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay showing that this kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay it will not have it will not have some of the strength of iron but while some parts of it will be strong as iron other parts will be as weak as clay this mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage but they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix during the reign of those kings, that's the iron and clay, that's the feet of the image. During that particular one, during the reign of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothing and it will stand forever. That's the kingdom of God, of course. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands, and cr that crushed to pieces the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. Now listen to this. The dream or the picture is true, and the meaning is certain. 
Now, very quickly, I am not going to take a whole lot of time on this, but I want to show you the immenseness and the wonder of how God can communicate through a human being, through a little young fella. We reckon Daniel was taken to Babylon when he was very young. God gives him this picture very early on. And the, 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 the head of this, of this image was made of gold. That was the Babylonian Empire. Then following that was going to come the Persian Empire. That was going to be the breast and the two arms. Now I want you to get this. Babylonian gold represented Babylon. I mean, everything that their god, Marduk, he was a gold throne and a gold everything. Gold represented Babylon. Silver represented the next one, that was the Persians. They dealt in silver. They, had, they were like, it was very representative of who the Persians were. But there were two arms to this part. Because it wasn't only the Persians, the, the Persians, not the Persians, the Persians, but it was the Medes and Persians, two groups who came together, two arms. I mean, God is so accurate. The leader of the Persians was was Cyrus, and God had prophesied not just through the statue, but through Isaiah, down to details. Before Cyrus was born, the Holy Spirit had given Isaiah a word that a king would be born called Cyrus, who would rescue the people of Israel, and and Daniel. Uh, Daniel saw this statue and he saw that the Persian Empire was going to come in and you know what he lived to see it happening because the, the Persians came in and all I wish I could go off at a tangent and show you that Psalm 40 or Isaiah 45 talked about how they would actually go through the double gates they were underneath the city through the Euphrates I mean it's down into exact detail as to how they did it and how the Persians came in at, and took over from Babylon in a way that Babylon, they thought they were so strong that nobody would ever get bring them down. When God says a nation's going to fall, it's going to fall. And the next nation came through just as God had said. The next one was the belly and thighs of brass, and it speaks of the Greeks. And you see, whilst the, the Old Testament finished uh, with a promise that Jesus was going to come as the son of righteousness, I'll tell you there was going to be a dark period before the light would come. Before the sun, the sun rises, it brings light after darkness, doesn't it? When you think of a sunset, Jane has this thing at the minute. She is, goes down, I go during the day to pray on the beach. She goes down uh, when the sun's coming up on the beach, if you please, with her camera. That's her quiet time on the beach. That's her special place in the mornings, early, early mornings. I prefer mine a little bit later in the day, personally. But she likes to go down in the morning. And she's waiting for the sun to rise because of the beauty. And you see, there was 400 years darkness. But God had promised in Malachi, the end of Malachi, that the son of righteousness was going to come with healing in his wings. And during those 400 years of darkness between the old and the new, the kingdoms fell, first of all, Babylon had fallen, the Persians came in, they took over, then the Greeks came in through Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great was the belly and the thighs of brass. I mean, I love the detail. Do you know that they had brass, their, their warriors, they had like brass, that was their armour, and the tips of their spears were made of brass. I mean, God down to the very, to actually the very details. And, and so that was a, a, and, and the next empire that came in. And during those 400 years of silence, the Greeks really treated the people of God very badly. They, they really attacked the God of Israel. They actually brought a, 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 
a, a swine, a pig, and put it on the temple, in the, right into the very holy place in the temple. They tried to stop the Jewish people uh, trusting their God. They, they came in there. It was a horrendous It was a time of darkness. And so that was the next kingdom that came through. And then, of course, uh, during that time, there was a people of God. There was a priest called Matthias Maccabees. And he rose up and he had a whole lot of sons and one son in particular called Judas, a Judah. And they started to fight against the Greeks. And they defeated the Greeks. But as time went on, as, as the years went on, sadly, the next generations were becoming less and less holy. And they began to become like the other nations. And in fact, they actually turned to the Romans for help because the Romans were the next emerging power. What was the part of this image that, the, that was Rome? It was the, the legs. The legs made of iron. I mean, can you think of anything that would describe the Roman Empire like iron? They were so strong. Iron's the strongest metal that you can get. And they pushed through and they took over the known world. And the, 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 the Romans were so powerful. I want you to see that God's word comes to pass. That's why I bothered putting that little image in, that maybe you would have that picture, how when God speaks, even the nations have to fall into place. And even though the people of God, the Israel, the Jews, Jewish people, even though they were attacked and they were in darkness, there was a lot of them that held fast to their God. There was a lot of them that were still looking to God and were trusting in Jehovah. And so I want you to know that God is a God who keeps his word and that everything, we're worried about Brexit. And all, this is all in his hands. He knows exactly what he's doing. Do you see, do you see what happened? Whenever, whenever the Greeks came in, they tried to wipe out the God of Israel, but God raised up men who fought and stood for the truth. And then when the Romans came in, you know what? You, we, could, we could have looked at that and thought, what a mess. What a mess. Do you know what? God used them. You see, the Greeks, because of the Greek language, the Bible was written in Greek, which was able to put the, the Bible into the most precise words it was the best language for the bible to be written in because of the greek language the bible was being able to be put across the earth because of the roman roads they were the ones that made the roads because they made the roads then the the, the disciples and the apostles were able to bring the gospel and travel to the ends of the earth god used those nations and God, God sets up and God casts down. And so I want you to know, don't get a fearful. Don't be worried about anything. God sets up and he takes down and God's in control. That's basically what I wanted to say to you. He's a God who's in control of the nations. And he's the God who's in control of your life. Yes. You need to know you can trust this God. You can look to him for everything that you need. And every time you think about how powerful he is and how he's in control, you think of that little image and you better believe it, that God keeps his word. After the, let me go back to Daniel. Daniel was still alive when the Persians came in. Let's just get back to that little bit for a minute. I, I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it for 10 minutes. It's going to do me, all right? <laughs> when the Persians came in, it says that in the first year of the Persian rule, when the Medes and Persians, the two legs of the image, the very first year, Daniel got a word. Daniel realized that the prophet, um, that the prophet Jeremiah had given a prophecy. Can you just imagine that he's been in the, in the land for all this time and he, he was promoted, he was brought into the government and he was given a lot of favour and he had had this picture and then God showed him in the, in the writings of Jeremiah that God had promised that after 70 years he was going to bring those people home. 
Isn't it amazing that God, that's when God said, that's when God put that word out, for I know the plans that I have for you. There might be things, you see, God actually gives uh, Daniel insight, spiritual insight. And I feel today that God wants you to know that he is timing of things in your life. He's got them in his hand. You might be waiting for something and you're thinking, why have you not answered this yet, Lord? I want you to to remind yourself of God's timing. His timing is so important. And Daniel realized when he read the, 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 in, the, in, the, in the scroll of Jeremiah, when he realized that God had, had given a promise through Jeremiah, a word, go back to the word, had given Jeremiah a word that after 70 years they were going home. Do you know what he started to do? If you read it, and you, you can read it in Daniel, uh, you can read it in Daniel 9, the first three verses. Do you know what he started to do? He started to pray that God's word would come to pass. I'll tell you, when God gives you a word, you stand on it. And you start praying that that word will come to pass. And of course it did come to pass. And the Jews did get home. And so we see that Daniel was in the midst of all of this. Malachi, he had given that word about the son of righteousness was coming. Uh, And then we need to remind ourselves that all of this prophecy that had been given... And even waiting for, through the 400 years when there was silence, people were still standing on the promises of the Old Testament. There was a lot of people who were still standing on the promises and the word, prophetic word that had been given in the Old Testament. And so Daniel had actually been given another, and this is, I have not, we can't take time to go into this, but I just got to tell you this one thing. If you read Daniel 9 when you go home, you will see that from the, from the announcement was made to rebuild the temple after they came back from Babylon, that Daniel, God showed Daniel, uh, it talks about the Bible, of, I, I, I'm not, don't get complicated with this, 40, it talks about, 40, uh, it talks about 70 weeks, 70 weeks of years, now a week of years is seven. And Daniel was given, and I'm not going to, even, another time if you want me to, I will bring a chart up here and explain it to you. Take my word for it. God gave uh, Daniel like a mathematics uh, to count from the decree that the temple was to be rebuilt right up until Messiah would be cut off. Now we, we know that was his crucifixion, but the way Daniel perceived it and received it from God was that until Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself but for the people. Do you know that a man called Sir Robert Anderson wrote, he studied it, made it his lifetime work, he wrote a book called The Prince is Coming, and do you know that he actually worked that out mathematically, that it brings you down to the very week when Jesus, Palm Sunday, it brings it down to Palm Sunday when Jesus presented himself and came into Jerusalem riding on the donkey, presenting himself to be the sacrifice, to be cut off, not for his own sins, but for ours. I want you to know that we have an amazing God. There are secrets in this book. There are secrets in the Bible that we have not as yet even begun to understand. And when God speaks to you, he's a God who still reveals secrets. And he will reveal secrets about your life. And he will reveal secrets if you've got problems, if you just invite him and ask him to help you. He can give you an under, he can speak to you in a dream if you're not, if you're not hearing it. He can even speak to you in a dream. He can speak to you through the written word. He can speak to you through a word that the Holy Spirit prompts. He can speak to you through a word that somebody gives you out of their mouth that God has put in their mouth. He's the most amazing God. 
and he's a God who is a communicator. He is the word. And when, when Jesus was about to be born, to fill the time scale that Daniel had given, right? When he was about to be born, there were people who knew all about Daniel's prophecy. I think those wise men, I think they personally, it says wise men of the East, I think they came from Babylon. I think they had heard from the legacy of Daniel. And I think they were watching the stars and they were watching and expecting that Messiah was coming. There was, when, when they brought Jesus to the temple, there was an old man, Simeon, who was waiting. There was a prophetess, Anna. These people were waiting for the word of God to be fulfilled. And they, they were trusting God in an attitude. And you know what? Their trust was not disappointed. Simeon rejoiced that he saw, he saw the baby coming. He was able to hold the promise in his arms. God can give you your promise in your arms. He can, he can, he can deliver his promises. He's the most amazing God. And so he is the word. He is the one who can do all things. Now here's what I felt over the summer. As I was praying for you all, in Fortaventura. I really sensed that there was maybe some of you who have felt that there's been a silence between you and God for a while. I really had this sense that there's some of you who are desperate to get a word from God this morning. And I sense that it's very easy. I want to read to you just what I wrote here. Lots of things can happen over the long summer period when we are not meeting together, when we don't come week by week and you're out of your flow you know, it can be a time where you get a bit dry or I know that we've all we have our churches and our fellowships, but the summer even then in churches we can be all over the place. And I just felt like God said that, that lots of things can happen over the long summer period when we're not meeting together. And the enemy wants to use circumstances, disappointments, sin that we maybe have slipped up again, or maybe some old thing that continually gets us, compromise distractions, hurt, loss, all kinds of problems that the enemy will use to try and stop us from hearing God and having that ongoing conversation with God. At times like this, it's easy to slip into deadness and dullness, coldness of heart, even boredom, <coughs> compromise, unbelief. And I've written in your notes that a life without the word of God is not life the, the life is in him the real life the real way to live is in him as the word of god and god knows about everything that's going on in our lives and john presents him not as a man although he was a man in flesh but john's entire gospel presents jesus as god the god man the one who was a real man but was really God. The eagle-like one. You can read about him in Deuteronomy 32. We haven't time to look at that. But God is the one who, who carries us. You know the way the eagle pushes the little one over the cliff and then he comes down and the big wings of the eagle, of the eagle go right underneath. When that, when that little chick, that little eaglet is falling, he comes right under with his wings and he lifts up. This, that's what God does. When you think you're, when you feel that you've been pushed out, and sometimes God does topple us over and say, come on, it's time you started to fly. Come on, it's time you started to grow up and become mature. And he'll topple you out and you think, oh, this is too difficult for me. This situation is too difficult. God comes in with his big wings and he just lifts you right up. And he's, what's he doing? He's teaching you to fly. 
He's teaching you to learn how to use his word and how to grow. The one who is and is to come. The one who kept his word to come the first time. The one who fulfilled the prophetic word in the Old Testament and kept his word and came the first time. Let me tell you, ladies, he's coming back again. He's going to keep his word. He is coming back to this earth. Did you notice that after the legs, and if you notice there were two legs which spoke of Rome, the Roman Empire finished uh, sometime in the 470-something AD before Christ. They actually, their full strength, they were still in power when Jesus, uh, AD after Christ, they were in power when Jesus came. But eventually the Roman Empire power faded and and, uh, they became less powerful. Did you notice that there was two legs? East and West. God is so, so into the detail. And then there was the feet and the feet and the toes. That's where we are right now. In this, in this statue showing you the way that the different empires have changed right from before the Old, Old Test, end of the Old Testament, right through the 400 years, right down to now. That's where we are. And what does it say would happen whenever we got to this particular time in history? This rock would come, smash the whole lot, rise up like a mountain that would cover the earth and set up the kingdom of God. We need to know that we are right down there. That's where we are. That's the time in history. And if you think of the clay and the iron doesn't mingle, and you think of the allegiance of nations, and how actually they're not staying together, and I, I actually looked it up yesterday, and I, I'm just about to finish now, Joyce, so um, I, I looked it up yesterday, and uh, it, actually it's, it, one of the commentaries that I read, it said that after Rome fell, that actually it was divided into ten divisions, and of the, the Franks and the Goths and the Vandals, a whole lot of names, Anglo-Saxons, it actually named seven, 10 different groups of people that then later came into the countries as we know them now, like, you know, modern France, England, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Portugal, Spain, all of those countries. And all of those countries, what are they doing? They're forming allegiance. And what are they? Some of them are weak and some of them are strong. But they're not together. And that's who we are. And I'll tell you, the stone's coming. The cornerstone. The one that we love is coming. And he's going, to, he's going to smash world nations. And he's going to set up his kingdom. And I can't tell you exactly how that would happen. But I can tell you that we can trust. That he kept his word to come the first time. And he'll keep his word to come the second time. And so as we finish off. Here's something for you to think about. We are totally confident that God wants to speak to you at this season of Eagles, so that you might move into the life that God has always planned for you. Ephesians 2 tells us that we were created in Christ Jesus to be his workmanship. That just means his work of art. You're his work of art. But you've also been designed onto the good things, the good works and the good plans that God has for your life. And so we're, we're believing that God is going to fill you with his word And as you fill your brain with his word, if you choose in your mind to put the words of God into your brain, things are going to change. Your life is going to change. And I believe that that picture that Beth had about eagles for this season is so spot on because there may be some of you who just say, well, I'm I'm just going to sit here where I am. And there may be others who are saying, I'm just agitated with life and everything's getting up my nose and I don't know where I am. And you're all up in the air. And there'll be others who say, well, I'm just going to jump in. 
I'm going to jump into the pool like Sarah, and I'm going to start swimming in the water. That's what I want to do. I want to jump in. Are you ready to jump in? Are you ready to say, do you know what? I am ready for all God has for me, and I want you to change me, Lord. This is about change. It's not about staying the same. And you see that gate that you saw, that, that, that gate that you were prophetically, that was something that actually happened, that God spoke to you through. That's how God speaks. And, and to, to, for God to give you those words, that the code of that gate spiritually was, I will. Are you ready to say, I will start this journey. I will see God and I will come every week and I will trust the Holy Spirit and we'll pray with you and through you that we might see change. I will is the code. And then the stepping stones, how beautiful. Because God takes a step by step, little by little. He doesn't, he doesn't say, come on ahead, you've got to do the whole lot in one go. The wisdom. Do you know that there are seven, seven strips across your brain? You've got to go through seven parts of your brain to actually process a thought. We all do it different ways. God teaches us wisdom little by little, layer upon layer. God is a God who has infinite patience and love. And he loves you. And he's saying, come on, take this journey with me. He has gone across the steps in front of you. That's what Beth did. And he's saying, come on, I'll take your hand. I'll help you one step out of this mess. One step after the next. And where are you heading for? That big posh apartment? Kingdom of God. We're going into a place where Jesus will reign. We have a future. A hope and a future. Not just for eternity, which is a blow your mind, but for now. For our lives, for now. So Lord, I pray that you will take this word and help us to stand on your word and what you say and stop listening to what the enemy says and start realising that we are your workmen, Lord, that your, that your workmanship, we are your work of art, that you love us, that we are, not, we are not junk, Lord. We are loved, we belong to you and you have great plans for us up ahead. Help us, Lord, to believe you and to step out in Jesus' name. Amen. We're here for anyone who wants prayer. Come up in Jesus' name. See you next week.